Looking tonight into the Gospel according to St. Luke, we will read the first four chapters, first, first four verses of the beginning, chapter 1. Chapter 1, verse 1, St. Luke. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. I don't think we read any maybe in there. We didn't read any possibility. We didn't read I think. We didn't read I hope. Luke was, with, with pen in hand, was just getting ready and about to embark on a journey through absolute truth. That's quite a statement, especially in these days, isn't it? Absolute truth. Nothing else. I don't know. I don't think you would want to build something without a measuring tape. It's hard to go shopping, isn't it, for to, to find clothes if you weren't sure of the size. I'm sure everyone in here has been there. For Probably for someone else. But you might find what you want, but what size? You ever look for furniture that was supposed to fit somewhere, but you weren't sure of the area it was supposed to fit in? What were the dimensions? Well, starting off in life, how about starting off in life without having any of life's truths? We need the truths of life. We need the truths of God. St. Luke was a very early proselyte of the apostles. Right at the very beginning, he was a physician by trade. But he was involved extremely as soon as he was converted. We find that he was working right alongside of the disciples. He was working right alongside of Paul the Apostle. He knew Mary, the mother of Christ. And Luke, we're told, was a very matter-of-fact person. And he could dispense pretty easily with uh, dispense with uh, details that were irrelevant. Sounds like a good man for the job. It's no wonder he also wrote the book of Acts. So Luke was into this. Matthew, of course, he wrote the gospel according to his perfect understanding, and they're all in unison, of course. He began the gospel he wrote with a complete 
geology of everyone from Abraham all the way to Christ before he started. Exactly right. Before he started into the book of the gospel of Christ. Mark, he begins by declaring that the prophets through the ages have written of this. This is fulfillment completely. Both Matthew and Mark declared, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. We're on positive ground. Let's just go ahead and read what John, how he started out. Gospel according to St. John, first five verses. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And away he went on his voyage into absolute truth. Satan's business, especially in these days we see it, is to blur anything absolute. We see that all around us. We're living in a society that is floundering in that because the enemy of the souls of men and women, his tactics are to blur the absolutes, and that will make anyone vulnerable. To enter and travel through life, we need the truths of life. We need God's word. We need God's truth. I saw the other other day, you might have seen the sign too. I'm just still in amazement that I saw it. It said, what is your truth? I still can't figure out what that even means. What is your truth? But someone was serious when they wrote it. They put it up on a board. I can't imagine what that's all about. But Romans 3, 3 and 4 says this. For what if some did not believe? Shall their unbelief make the faith of of God without effect? God forbid. Yea, let God be true, but every man a liar. As it is written that thou mightest be justified in thy sayings and mightest overcome when thou art judged. Read something else. Acts 4, 19 and 20. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, these are people that are confused and blurred about absolutes, especially with God, when it comes to God. And he said, is it right... For in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge ye. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. i got to read one more. 1 John 1. 1 John 1. 1 John 1. 1 John 1, chapter 1, first four verses. 
That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our eyes have handled of the word of life. For the life was manifested, and we have seen it, and bear witness, and shown to you that eternal life, which was with the Father, and was manifested unto us. That which we have seen and heard, declare we unto you, that ye also may have fellowship with us, and truly our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. And these things write we unto you, that your joy might be full. We're drenched through God's Word in truth. God's Word drenches us in truth. Absolute truth. Nothing else. I'm sure, I don't know how long there's been historians around, but I'm sure not long after the beginning of the human race on the earth, there would be historians that would maybe consider themselves or interested in that. But we don't have a lot of that from the human side. The best, uh, you can find, we can find uh, hierographics, which is images on stones. Those are there. They don't tell us a whole lot. But someone way back did that. Cuneiforms are actual words written on stone and very precise that are found that do definitely speak and say some things. Various things, what was happening then and what people may have thought. But even then, most of those are we have bits and pieces. As far as man with history, facts of history. But God selected individuals who he chose through the ages to write the Bible from way back beginning. And how does it begin? In the beginning, God. That's thrilling. This is truth. It's absolutely true. Absolute truth. And so, um, it is so precise. The Bible has helped people find locations in archaeological diggings and sometimes didn't even realize they were existed except for the Bible. The Bible's been a help in that. Not sure just when people realized the earth wasn't flat. But you know, long before, the earliest they even say, the man even says that man began to realize it can't be flat. Isaiah says, talks about the circle of the earth. What an absolute miracle right here. What a miracle that God has put this together in the way that he has so all the world can have it. Absolute truth. Second Peter says this, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but the holy men of, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Wow. That is a lot to grasp. In the 1800s, 
there was a man who had a wife. She was a, she was a devout Christian. They had children. They had the heartache of losing a daughter at a young age. And this man was, he was a geologist. He was a naturalist. He was a biologist. His name was Charles Darwin. Well, we know that he came up with a theory. And what a theory. One to shock the whole world. Came up with a theory about all existence and all of man's existence without God being a part of it. Well, of course, the more you go into it, I'm not going to give it a, a, a story or a, a presentation on Charles Darwin, but he said before, it takes more faith to believe that. I don't know why he needed the degrees he had to come up with the fact that the creation came from nothing, came from zero, and it began to improve on the basis of nothing. But I think any of us could come up with that. But that's his theory, and it's a big one. And you deal with it all the time, and young people deal with it in school. That is a theory he came up with. But you know, there are several stories when he was up in age when he was on his deathbed. He died at, I believe, the age 73. He had stomach trouble and, uh, and heart trouble, heart failure. And he was in great agony at the closing times of his life. And there are a few different stories, variations of what really took place during that time. One that I read was he was in such agony physically and his soul just seemed to be terrorized. But there, he, but he said, oh, I want to hear that again. Open the window. There was something that brought him the most soothing feeling. Outside of his window, down on the street, men and women were singing gospel hymns. And when that floated up to him, he just, that soothed him better than anything else. We don't know how he actually died as far as before the Lord. But you know, that did remind me of something else. King Saul. Remember, read my King Saul. The King Saul was the first king of Israel after judges. Now, but the, everything was set. He, he, was, he didn't deny God. He was set up by God. He was set up and anointed king by the last judge prior to the king's beginning, which was Samuel, which was the greatest of all judges. And it was a big, quite ordeal for God to tell Samuel to go anoint Saul, the first king of Israel, the people of God. So he, it wasn't, so Saul, everything was set, but Saul ran into trouble. He didn't deny God, of course not. But he came up with his own theories. His own theories. You can call them opinions, his ideas. His own theories of how he should operate, how much he needed to listen to God. He got puffed up in pride. And he began to 
wonder, do I really need to wait on God? I can figure some of these things out myself. And he fell flat every time. And he kept on with his own theories until he no longer could even find God. What a sad thing. Fully in the way, and he began to be tormented. I guess so. He he forgot how to find God. He had all of his own theories. And so he would have times of great torment. And they didn't know what to do with him. But there was a shepherd boy named David. David loved the Lord. David loved simple faith in the Lord. David had absolute faith. Faith in God. And he knew how to play the harp very well. So if he sang, he's going to sing about God. And he played the harp very cunningly. And so somehow they, they brought him there. They got his, they had the idea to bring him when Saul was so troubled, so tormented, couldn't find peace. David would come in and play the harp and sing. And he found soothing. Isn't it marvelous what just plain truth does? Add truth in any element and things happen. Things change. Well, actually, we all come up with our own theories. It starts early. It starts early in life. The kid starts growing up and you start thinking and you start coming up with your own ideas. It's a good, good reason to have kids Go to Sunday school. Learn about absolute truth. The love of God. I mean, I, I remember, but well, we just, we just began to think that way. Okay. What would, what would, as I get older, what will bring me fulfillment? What will make me happy? What will give me peace? What will make me feel like I've arrived? We start thinking that pretty early. I remember sitting in high school class. Might have been a senior, maybe so, maybe not yet. And I was sitting by the window, and this young man went driving past the high school in a really flashy, nice-looking car. And I got my mind thinking. It just got me thinking, you know, as soon as I get out of this place, I'm going to start in on my own path. And I would just, I began to put, start putting things together. What's going to make me happy? What's going to be my goals? I'm going to set some goals for myself. And so as soon as I get out of this place, I'm going to take off in life and I'm going to have, do it my way. And things are, should be pretty good. I was excited. I am so thankful. I am so thankful that it didn't take me very long. I'm so glad God has so much mercy and gave me such conviction. I realized I need something more than this. And God help me pray. As still a young man. We heard Tuesday night about Naaman. A man that heard, that that heard, he he was a heathen really, but he didn't know about God, but he heard from that maiden that he could go down and get, uh, through the prophet, God would heal him, go down there. But the problem was he had theories. He had some theories. And they fouled him all up. They kept him from having the blessing of God. You know the greatest thing about theories? The best thing about theories is to be able to...
to lay them down and pick up the truth. What a glorious thing that is. Proverbs. You know, we, we just do. We come up to, we get to thinking and we, we're not, we have some intelligence. God gave us intelligence. So we start thinking and putting some things together. But Proverbs 14, 12 says, There is a way which seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. God help us. We don't want that. We want God's truth. And what an exchange when we lay down our theories and say, Lord, I want the truth. I want the pure truth. I want the absolute truth. It just give me that. Give me what you have for me. And the beautiful thing is, when we do that, the first thing we run into when we look to truth is the full love of God. Full love of God in all of His glory. And it just comes and it drenches us when we look to God. Say, Lord, you have your way. I want to stand on your word. I want to be with, I want to be with, throw my lot in with Luke. St. Luke and the way he talked. The way he was convinced. He said, I know whereof I speak. Whether they were, it, it was, he was supposed to have, he probably was martyred in Greece. But that, that didn't matter. They knew where and whom they believed. They knew what they believed in. And they said, we can do nothing else. We are so convinced of this truth. Thank God for the truth of God, which is surrounded with the love of God. What a glorious thing. Proverbs tells us to buy the truth and sell it not. How do we buy it? Just bring our own theories and lay them at the Lord's feet. Our big ones are little teeny ones. Just bring them to the Lord. They're beautiful. Theories are great if we use them like that. They're wonderful to be able to just come and say, Lord, I don't want my way. I want yours. And open our heart to the truth of God. And God's love will pour through, through his word. Let's read the very end. I'm going to read the very end of the book of, of God's word. In Revelation chapter 22, right down to the very end. 13, 14. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Blessed are they that do his commandments that they might have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. That's one more verse, 17. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that, uh, that heareth say, Come. Let him that is a thirst come. And whosoever will, let him take of the water of life freely. Beginning to the end, the Word of God, absolute truth, unwavering truth. God help us. We want to be indulged and just be absorbed into this. Let it absorb us and flow over us. And God will he'll, he'll, he'll do more than yes, we can ask or think. That's truth. That's in the Word of God. Really? More than we can ask or think? Try, try thinking on that because that's truth. Don't think on a sign that says, what is your truth? Think on the truth of God. He says he'll give a more abundantly above what we'll think. We can think or ask. So dwell on that. 
That's what God does. And God, we can receive the absolute salvation. Absolute salvation. You know when you're saved. When you're saved, you know because God changes it completely. And it's an experience. We are so changed. We Words don't do it justice. We try. And it's glorious to try. We try in our services. We're supposed to. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And that's what we're even doing tonight. But we, we just scratch it. But it's better felt than told. And God will purify our hearts through His sanctifying power. God will fill us with the Holy Ghost. What's that for? So He can lead us in all truth. Wow. Thank God for truth. Thank God we don't have to wonder where to find it. It's right here. And the word, and thank God for the house of God. Thank God we can be here. And yes, James said, Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Thank God for the truth. Just let go of anything else that might be hindering you. You know, we, we have, we can so easily make our own obstacle course with our own theories. Little teeny ones, bigger ones. But God never meant it that way. He stands there at the door, says, just open the door and I will come in. We're going to stand and sing. The altars are open. Time for prayer. God bless you now.